All right. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, y'all can stand with me if you want. For those of you who don't know, um, we're going to have Tyler Spradley preach this morning. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do his job. He's going to do mine. And how's that sound? And uh, I'm pretty excited to hear what God has to uh, say to him and through him. But um, so I just want to kind of lead you guys into worship here and just share with you something that was on my heart throughout the week that there's a there's a way to follow Jesus that actually catches his attention. And that's what I want to do. But there's a way to follow Jesus where it doesn't get his attention either. And that's what I don't want to do. There's a story in the Bible and it's in Luke chapter 8 and verse 43 and says there's a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. She spent all her money on physicians and they couldn't help her. You know the story. She hears of Jesus coming through the town and all of a sudden she's like, I got to get to this man. I got to touch him. I got to be with him. And so the Bible calls it a press was around him, which means there was just hundreds, if not maybe even a thousand people pressing around Jesus. And everybody was touching him. But only one touch caught his attention. It's possible to be in church and have a lot of people like, you know, I want to be in the presence of Jesus. And everybody's touching on him and everybody wants to be around him. Everybody wants to be near him. But I want to be the one that he wants to be near to. And so there was something different between the touch of the, of the press, the touch of the crowd, versus the touch of this one woman. And I'm not going to preach a sermon on it or anything, but you have to understand, it says when, when, she, when she pressed through the crowd, it says she reached out and touched the hem or the border of his garment. Well, that word in, in the Greek basically means she reached up and grabbed his tzitzit, which is what Jew, Jewish rabbis wore, these little tassels that they had hanging from their, from their robes. And if you know anything about history, it's important to understand because there was a Jewish rumor that said when the Messiah comes, that there'll be power in his robe. And that Isaiah 6, when Isaiah saw the Lord, he says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And the power in the robe of God. So when she came and reached and grabbed for that, what she was saying is, is that you're the king of Israel and you're also my king. You're not just the Messiah. I acknowledge you as my Messiah. And when she acknowledged that, she wasn't asking for healing. She was acknowledging his, his, his kingship. See, we think the story was there. She came to, to only get healed. If she would have only gotten healed, she would have done what everybody else did and said, hey, master, can you heal me? Are you willing to heal me? The fact that the Bible differentiates that she reached out and grabbed the hem of his garment means that she was saying, I'm acknowledging you as king in every area of my life. And he says, I recognize that touch. Somebody touched me. Somebody intentionally pursued me. Who was it? And the disciples stopped and was like, oh, these people are touching you. What are you talking about? How, what do you mean, who touched me? He said, no, somebody intentionally recognized me as king in their life. And I don't, if that's not worship, I don't know what is. 
And so I just want to I just want to stop here just for a minute before we get started and just invite you into that type of of worship where there may be a lot of things going on around you. There may be a lot of people around you, a lot of need and a lot of issues in your life that need Jesus. But there's one thing that he also wants from us. And it's to reach in and touch him in that way and say, I want you to be my Messiah. You say, well, I'm already born again. That's awesome. But because you're born again, that gives you the ability to press into his nature, to press into his touch and for him to recognize, I see you're touching me. Because there's a lot of people worshiping on Sunday morning all across this nation. There's a lot of crowds. There's a lot of press. There's a lot of people attracted to Jesus and hanging around him. But he's looking for the one who's going to reach out beyond where they're at and say, I'm tired of where I've been, and I want to go to the next level of my life with you. I'm tired of, of, the, of the old life, in my, even in my Christian nature. I'm tired of seeing you the old way. I'm tired of seeing you through old eyes. I want to know you. I want to grab a hold of you. I want to hold your hand, and I want to walk with you, and I want to be with you, and I want you to be my God and my King. And if that's not worship, I don't know what is. So I invite you into that kind of worship this morning. You just close your eyes and say, Jesus, I want you to be my King. I want you to be my master and my healer. I want you to be my deliverer, my God in whom I trust. I want you to take me from where I was to where you want me to be. I don't want to get caught up in the crowd. I want to hold on to you in such a powerful way, Lord, that you recognize that I grabbed a hold of you and it catches your attention. That's what I want from you, God. And so, Father, we just lift our hearts to you right now and every person who's willing for this prayer. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you meet them where they are right now in worship. That, God, as you begin to to move on their hearts, that they would grab a hold of something in you and not let go. That the rest of the things in the world that's pressing on them would have no no comparison, no competition to you. That our hearts, Lord, are the sacrifice that the altar of God craves. Then we would just peel them out of our chests and lay them there and say, Father, just take all of them. Take all of me. Take all of my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. I just want to encourage you this morning, if you're caught under the weight of sin or if you're caught under the weight of depression or if you're caught under the weight of something else and something else is pressing on you, do not define yourself by that thing because God's calling you to Him. Step away from it. Walk away from it. The Bible says if you have committed sin, He's faithful and He's just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So don't let something that's, that, that's of a lie hang on to you to steal your worship that God craves. He, he wants that touch. He wants you to intentionally press through the things in your heart and in your mind and in your life to touch Him and to grab a hold of His robe. And that's the gospel of worship. That's the gospel of Jesus that He comes and is vulnerable enough for us to grab a hold of Him. That John says we've heard Him, we've touched Him, we've handled Him the word of life. That God is touchable, He's tangible, He's physical, and He's here to meet us. So as they begin to worship and as they begin to praise, join with them and lay your hearts out before the Lord. We thank you, Abba. We honor you in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus, Father, that we are yours.
Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are right now in this place. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, the work he's doing in our hearts and speaking over us who we are in you. And that, Father, when we look in the mirror, you see, we see you, Jesus. That all that has passed is past, and you see the new, then we see the newness, which is you, Jesus, in us. We thank you for the resurrection life in this morning in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you have done, what you're doing. We thank you, Father God, that, Father, in the name of Jesus, you touch the hearts of the people this morning that your word it's your word it's not man's word and i just thank you father god for your love to penetrate the hearts of the men and women this morning and we thank you father god father for healing restoration lives to be restored and an encouragement this morning to be encouraged that you are proud of your people to be encouraged that you're proud of who they are the walk that they're walking and we love you and we thank you in jesus name Well, thanks everybody for allowing me to share my heart this morning, and I uh, guess all the kids are off to the races. love each and every one of you and appreciate you guys and um, like I said I just appreciate y'all's patience and, and hearing my heart this morning and I just want to kind of just share some things that that God had on my heart this week and, uh, um, and then he's kind of been doing it to me not just this week but for the last few weeks um, but I guess my first question to you guys is is how many here had the uh, peace challenge this week I, I did I know I did and so uh, I'm going to read some scripture but I'm going to first go to first Thessalonians 5 and I'm going to read most of the chapter but the Lord just uh, so this week I kept hearing the word stand so I just that just kept going off in my spirit all week, and uh, and I thought, and I never even put it together till this morning. But um, when they do put their worship songs together earlier this week, Lindsay just said, "I just keep hearing this. I'm still singing the, the the song stand." And I didn't think of it till just a while ago that that's what God had been doing in me all week. So I thought that was really really neat, you know. But uh, um. I'm trying to figure out how to word all this. I think sometimes as people, we, uh, we're looking for this fresh rain word all the time. Does that make sense? Like we're always looking for the next fresh, like fireworks going off. And I think sometimes we miss the foundational things that God's laying because we're looking for the next best thing. Does that make sense? So I really felt like God started to me this week that 
that we need to remember what's been being taught to us. And if we don't have those fundamental things, our building's in a crater. And so it's important, all the pieces to the puzzle that are being laid, that we don't overlook them. Or we think, oh, I got that, you know, I got that a long time ago, years ago, or whatever. I think that it's really important that we really get a hold of something. And so when Chad was ministering last week about peace, that is very critical. Like, so it's by no coincidence that we had our peace challenge this week. And, uh, but I just really kind of want to lay what I'm saying out in these, in this first little bit, just saying, um, I really felt like what God was putting in my heart is we need to not forget what we've been taught. We need to stand firm on the things God's been laying the foundation in because we're going to need them. And, uh, um, Something else that God's been doing in me is, is really embracing the new way of living. So that's new thought processes. That's, that's everything's new. And so something that's happened to me a couple of times recently is I've gone through something. And in the past, I would just go through it and thought, man, that was, that went, that was bad. And I just keep going. But this week and then a few weeks ago, two different circumstances, something happened. And in me, it was like, I'm not doing that again. Like, whatever it takes, God, you, you wreck me. You do whatever it takes for this to never happen again. So I just came to a breaking place in my heart as I'm not going there anymore. And part of it is, is a mind thought process, a, a mindset of what God's calling us into. And I'll just share where, where mine has been in the past. It's been in work or doing what I need to do for, for my family. But my thought process has to be on Jesus and Him alone. And, and this one thing, I was, I was hooking up a trailer this morning, and I heard the Lord tell me this to me. This is your new life. It's not, it's not you, you do your daily work, you do your life, yes. But your, your new creation is about what Jesus is saying. Am I making sense? Yes. And so I believe it's our thought process has to really change to what he's saying. And what I'm saying this morning is not going to be really anything new. Like I said, it's just I just want to go back and stand on some things that we've been taught. And so I'm going to start reading. I'm going to read out of the Passion, so it may be worded a little different. But um, So in verse 1, it says, Now, beloved brothers and sisters, concerning the questions of God's present precise time and specific seasons, you don't need me to write you anything to you. For you already know quite well that the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly and as a complete surprise. For while some are, are saying, finally, we have peace and security, sudden destruction will arrive at their doorstep, like labor pains, seizing a pregnant woman, and with no chance of escape. But you, beloved brothers and sisters, are not living in the dark, allowing the day to creep up on you like a thief coming to steal. For you are all children of the light, and children of the day. We do not belong to the night, 
nor to the darkness. This is why we must not fall asleep, as the rest do, but keep wide awake and clear-headed. For those who are asleep sleep the night away, and drunkards get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, we must stay alert and clear-headed by placing the breastplate of faith and love over our hearts and a helmet of hope of salvation over our thoughts. So, I really felt like when I was reading this, Lord encouraging us, like we're, we're, we're in a good place. But he's saying beware. Like beware of what the enemy wants to try to do. Beware of the, of the weak holes he's going to try to come in and destroy, divide, and try to conquer himself. He's not going to. But in, but in order for us to be victorious, we have to know where our foundation is. We have to know what is said, and we've got to stand on the things he's told us to stand on. He doesn't, he doesn't teach us this, these things to go, man, that was a good message. It felt good Sunday and then go into Monday and it just fall. It's important that, that we lay hold of the things God is, is teaching us here. And I want to go back for just a minute into Ephesians 6. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths to the last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanders for your, de- for your destined for all things and will will rise victorious. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert. You'll always be able to be steady to share the blessings of peace. And so, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep going back. I'm gonna go back to Thessalonians. But what we were being taught last week about about standing and where, where the peace lies. The enemy wants to come in and disrupt our peace. through lots of different ways. But he'll come in where we're not expecting it. You know, when we're, we come to a place when we've held certain things, but then he comes into the, and tries to hit us in the ribs. And that, this is where we have, we have to really know what God's saying for this season. There's a, there's a precise word for the season God's saying, and we don't need to get ahead of what he's saying. We need to stay where he's at and walk with him and not try to get out of season with where he's at. And there's a purpose that the Lord's been, been laying a foundation through Chad to this body, and I just really have felt 
like heavy on my heart this week that we don't need to move past that. We need to really get down deep in our spirits what that is because that's our protection. That's where God's going to use us, and, and God has so many mighty plans for this whole body to walk in. But there's an order. There's an order of things that they have to go through. There's, there's things that have to be laid out. There's just things that, that just have to go one, two, three. And if we try to keep, skip one, two, it ain't going to go good. And so I'm just going to go back to uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. Five and nine, I believe. For God is not for God has not destined us to experience wrath, but to possess salvation through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. He gave us life for us, so that we so that we may share in resurrection life in in union with him, whether we're awake or asleep, because of his but because of this, encourage the hearts of your fellow believers and support one another just as you have already been doing. Dear brothers and sisters, make sure that you show your deep appreciation for those who cherish you and diligently work as ministers among you. For they are your leaders who care for you, teach you, and stand before the Lord on your behalf. They value you with great love. I just want to stop there a minute. Like God really was just putting this on my heart, this part right here. For they are your leaders who care for you and teach you and stand before the Lord on your behalf. Like, if you've never been that person, and I'm learning, not there yet, but if you've ever been that person that stood for someone on their behalf, what, what they go through, and the love, the great love this leadership has for the body, so when the Holy Spirit sends a word, we need to take heed. There, there, there's, there's something important God's wanting us to teach us. And when we think we already know what they're fixing to say, we need to wipe our heads and go, I don't know anything. I've, I've had guys come work for me, and they think they already know it, and you start trying to teach them, and they can't learn anything because they've already told themselves they already got this, and they're, yeah, they're listening to me, but they're not hearing me. And so here in a minute, I got a horse wreck because they didn't heed to what I said. And then I'm going to have to fix it in the end. So there, there is a reason and a purpose God lays out certain things. And there's a reason he's doing certain things. And I just really feel strong that, that uh, you know, what I'm about to say is not to elevate anybody. I'm just saying Chad and Hila have laid their lives down. And they stood in the gap for each and every one of us Amen. in the body here. And they do it because they love Jesus, but they do it because they love us. So, what do we get to do in return? Let's do it back. Let's, let's stand in the gap for our leaders. Let's stand in the gap for the worship team. Let's stand in the gap for the, the women with the children. Let's stand in the gap for each other. And I think so many times in my life I've done this and I, and I do it and I have to catch myself. As I catch myself throughout the week thinking about Tyler what I'm going through, what happened, what, what the tax's going on. And I'm not thinking about, God, who else, what else is going on in my family, in the body? Who needs me? Who needs a phone call? Who needs me just to be on my face for them, for you? So um, these are just some, just some things that have been on my heart. Let's see. And it, on into uh, 
14, we appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, to instruct those who are not in their place of battle. Be skilled at gently encouraging them who feel themselves inadequate. Be faithful to stand your ground. Help the weak to stand again. Be quick to demonstrate patience with everything, with everyone. I just think, you know, whatever God's doing in you, he's doing in you for someone else. You know, whatever he's doing in us, it's not for me to, it's whatever he's doing in me, it's not for me to keep, it's for me to give. Nothing is for me, to, it's to continually give to someone else. And so he's, he's healing me in areas of my life. He's restoring my life. He's doing all this unto Jesus so that I can give to you guys. So that I can pour my life and lay myself back down and I give it unto, unto him through y'all. And so, and each and every one of us need to have that mindset that what he's doing, when he wrecks you up here at church and God starts ministering, you're, you're in the intimate place and he's wrecking you. It's, it's to pour into your brother. It's to encourage them. It's to tell them, man, you got this. Stand up. Timothy, let's go. You know, so. Resist revenge and make sure that no one pays back evil in place of evil, but always pursue doing what is beautiful to one another and to all the unbelievers. Let, it, let your joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. In the midst of everything, be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. And so that, that last verse about before about doing things beautiful unto others, you know, to me, you can do good things, and then you can do beautiful things. And... I want to do beautiful things unto my brothers and sisters. And I want to do beautiful things unto people that aren't really wanting to do things good to me. And I want to be that beautiful peace to them. Um, and I want to take us, we've been, a few of us guys have been meeting and we've been um, reading over John. And we've been here lately in John 3. And we weren't able to meet this week. But I want to just read something that God's really... This, the story of John the Baptist has really been uh, tender to my heart lately. To think about what I read about him is how unselfish he was and how the people kept trying to get him to be offended at Jesus. Like every time he looked around, they're coming at him a different way trying to cause offense. And this man keeps laying low. And I, I just, this week, God just keeps, just stirring this story back in my spirit. And I just want to read, read this here for a second. And just to really like, I don't have a true concept of it, but for us to truly ask the Holy Spirit to give us a true concept of what Jesus wanted to say, why he's showing us this right here, and that we really heed to it. But it's in uh, be John 3 and 12. I'm not claiming anything, but I'll be 40 next year, and I'm getting really hard to read these little letters. I said I'd never be that old person. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, then Jesus said to his disciples, um, then Jesus and his disciples went out, 
for a length of time into the Judean countryside when they baptized the people. As the time John was still baptizing people at, at Enon near Salim, where there were plenty of water, and the people were kept coming for John to baptize them. This was before John was thrown into prison. An argument then developed between John's disciples and a particular Jewish man about baptism. So they went to John and asked him, Teacher, are you aware that the one you hold told us about at the crossing place, he's now baptizing everyone with larger crowds than yours? People are flocking to him. What do you think about that? Just think about that. Has that ever happened to you? Has anybody ever came to you like you're in a good place and then they come, it just comes out of this back corner and they're trying to set you up? Has anybody been there and they didn't realize it at first and then you fall into a trap? The Lord's saying stay awake. That's what we read before, right? Thessalonians, be alert. Don't fall asleep. The enemy's going to try to do things. He's going to try to get us to be in a sleep so that he can, so that he can divide the body. That's what he's about. If he can take one person and one person and one person and destroy, he can destroy a body of people. But if we're all got our faces at Jesus and we're all listening to what he's saying and we got our faces down, it doesn't matter what we look like. If we crucify the flesh, lay it down, let him resurrect, then we have a unified body that will kill the enemy. And that's what Jesus is about. And I am not going to allow the enemy to do that to me. And if we all decide to do that individually, we all individually say, you know what, I'm a warrior of the king. I'm not going to passively sit here and let him hurt my brother anymore. I'm going to stand up in the mighty boldness of Jesus Christ, and we are going to be who he's called us to be. So that's, that's my heart this morning. John answered them, A person cannot receive any one thing unless God bestows it. So then he re-answers re with laying himself low. He re-answers saying, It's about Jesus. It ain't about me. You heard me well, you brothers. You held me well before that I am not the Messiah, but certainly I am the messenger sent ahead of him. He is the bridegroom, and the bride belongs to him. I am the friend of the bridegroom, who stands nearby and listens with great joy to the bridegroom's voice. That part's what's wrecked me. To stand by and to hear his voice. That's what it's about. When all the accusations and all the things are coming, all this twisted way of thinking to try to get him to step in a trap, he's saying, where I'm going to be, I'm going to be standing next to my Jesus and my ears leaning in, and I'm hearing what he's saying. I'm not hearing what you're saying. I'm not hearing what the enemy's trying to get me to do. I'm hearing what Jesus is saying. And because of his words, my joy is complete and overflows. So it is necessary for him to increase and for me to decrease. So this morning, in this word, this is what I feel like God's just really been stirring in me. Number one, we got to stand on what he's saying. We need to take heed to the leadership he's put in place 
And we need to respect and honor who he is. How do we respect and honor Jesus? We respect and honor him through the men that are put placed here in positions. What do, what do we read in the word about children? Oh, honor and obey your parents, right? Why would that be any different when we grow up? It's the same thing. We have to honor the people God has placed in positions over us. I've been telling my kids, Gideon the other day, or Jesse, they're... Lindsay's telling them something, and they want to go justify what they're saying. And I said, uh-uh, yes, ma'am. You know, they want, to, they want to explain their cause. And I think a lot of times Tyler needs to shut up and say, yes, sir, and get on my face and receive, you know, embrace what God's saying. If there's instruction to be made, embrace it. Because why? Because it's going to make you who he's called you to be. The only way for us to smell and look, all these we've been talking, we sing about it all the time. Lord, I give you it all. I, I do all this. All that that we say, what's it, is it, it going to take me getting everything I want? It's going to take me laying bare naked. Be vulnerable. It's going to take me being exposed. And people seeing all the ugly junk that I really am. So that it's put out there. And the enemy has no hold on me anymore. Because they already know that. But that's not who I am. I'm a son of the king. That's who I am. And then, what, then we stand on that and that alone. And that's our victory. So, this is what the Lord's had on my heart. And there you go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I just think if uh, it's just on my heart this morning, if everybody wants to stand up and if anybody, if y'all just pray with me that we pray in unity as a body this morning, that we stay in that place together. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we just honor you and we glorify you and we praise you and we honor you with our lives, that our lives are a sweet smelling aroma to you. And Father God, in the name of Jesus, Jensen crawled on my lap this morning and I was so blessed. You told me that's what you want. You want us to crawl up in your lap and rest in your arms. That's it. You'll make us and flavor us into who you want us to be. And if we all come and we're all agreeing right now in the name of Jesus, individually as a unified body, that we're going to lay exposed and prostrate in front of you and we ask you to fill us. And we ask you to fill this place. And I thank you, Father God, for what you're doing in every young men and women's lives right now in Jesus' name. I thank you that you're calling warriors, you're calling people up to, to carry on the, the body of Christ like you've called them to do. And Father God, we honor the leadership that's here. We thank you for them. We praise you for them. We honor you for them. And we thank you for blessing their lives, their, their homes, their families. And we just thank you that, Father, thing, everything that we do resembles Jesus. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name.